showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends here at the Long Box Crusade. This week we have something special for you. It's our 30th episode. <laughs> 30 30 30 30 baby 30 30 baby <laughs> even yeah, sean's excited 30 episodes 30 30 baby yeah all right sean get back in your room and since this is the 30th episode of saturday matinee theater we decided to take a quick break from our regular programming as we do whenever we hit a multiple of 10 but don't fret. Holmes and Watson, Flash and Dale, they're all coming back on the next episode. In fact, I think the next one's going to be a Holmes, if I'm not mistaken. So you can look forward to that. But today we're traveling back to 1956 by way of 1954, but more on that later, to review the original Godzilla King of Monsters. <laughs> The very first Godzilla movie. Sort of. More on that later. But anyway, since Godzilla King of Monsters is in everybody's vernacular right now, as it is in the theaters, Jason got the pick on this one. So thanks for picking Godzilla. And we'll get started. As always, I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist. And joining me is the Dr. Yamane. I don't know how to pronounce it right. Delvin will straighten me out later. Yeah. <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the Dr. Yamane to my Steve Martin, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados, Domo Arigato. How are you feeling today, DJ Cristados? I'm feeling really good, Jared Obato. Mm-hmm. Did you I just get added Obato to the end of it? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how Domo. You know, never mind. Domo. Domo. Domo Arigato. Domo. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> also joining me is the handsome Ogata, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. And how are you today, Jason? I'm doing just fine. I'm ready to fight seafaring monsters and break up arranged marriages. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Good. Good. And on the other side of that, we have with us the eye patch wearing Dr. Sarazawa, Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. And how are you doing today, Delvin? Well, I'm having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting sheep. <laughs> Time to try. Still, I try. No rest for cross stops in my mind. Ah, you're doing the uh, Green Day song from the Godzilla soundtrack from like 1997. I love you for picking up on that. <laughs> and I love that song. The Matthew Broderick masterpiece. I was going to say, I, they just brought me back to that. Well, good. Then they did their job. Did the, what's his name, had a hit on it too? Pip Daddy. Yeah. Good. Come with me. All right. Well, we don't have any guests. It's just your regular crew today. So I'm going to let Pat let us know what's going on. Pat, give us the news report. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. And this may be my final report, but here's what I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie, serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. This time around, we're going to look at 1956's Japanese monster classic, Godzilla. King of the Monsters. How are those sound effects? And this time around, we're going to do a violin duo. I'm going to help Pat out. So let's do a little Godzilla music via violin, Pat. Sounds good. Let's hit it. Let's do that. Thank you. 
What do you guys think? We did pretty good, huh? That was amazing, Pat. That your harmony and your part and how you're able to just blend in and, and the mm-hmm. mastery, it was it was beautiful. You know, we, we didn't really even practice at all. That was just our first time doing it. Wait, yes, wait oh, hold on. Jared. Yes. Dude, mm-hmm. that's Photoshop. I love it. Like, I don't know how you Photoshop a violin solo, but this is totally freaking Photoshop. Yeah, well, no, that's uh, that was all me, man. He's more vanilla in this piece right here. God, boy, you know it's true. <laughs> uh, Listen, there's no need to look inside my violin. There's definitely not an MP3 player inside my violin, so don't look inside there. Get out the... the what? <laughs> there, it, there it is. Ah, there it is. I'm sorry. This guy's a fake. Phony. <laughs> He's a phony. He probably works on the guidance <laughs> system. <laughs> He's a poor programmer. Yeah. Just wanted to be cool for I was cool for like half a minute there. I just want to know okay. what it was like to feel like Pat Sampson. Not everybody can, but I'm glad you're trying. It's, it's all right. Sometimes you're cool. Sometimes you're a doofus. Sorry, how it goes. Yeah. And let's go into some movie details while we're at it. This movie is called Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The release date, 27 April 1956, with the directors of Ishiro Honda and Terry Morse, with writers Shigeru Kayama, Takeo Murata, Ishiro Honda, and Al C. Ward, with stars Raymond Burr as Steve Martin, Takashi Shimura as Dr. Yamane, Momoko Kochi as Emiko, Akiro Takarada as Ogata, and Akahiko Hirata as Dr. Sarazawa. As of this recording, this film can be found for $3.99 at Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. We highly encourage you to watch this film before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about the movie and then we're going to discuss it. So there are some spoilers heading your way. So again, if you haven't watched this film, we recommend you pause here, go check it out, then come back to join our discussion. The film runs about 80 minutes. So if you don't don't have that kind of time we understand you'll just have to trust us from here on in but we lie to you maybe <laughs> for those of you who are watching along with us we love to hear your insights don't forget to comment about the show on twitter using the hashtag smt movie jason hashtag smt movie jared hashtag smt movie pat hashtag smt movie Hashtag SMT movie, everybody. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. I got it covered. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it's alive. A gigantic beast stalking the earth, crushing all before it in a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible Titan of Terror. Wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Yet flames cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? Can the scientists of the world find a way to stop this creature? For the answer, see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. A tale to stun the mind. More fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. 
more terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. Awesome, incredible, unbelievable. A story beyond your wildest dreams. Dynamic violence. Savvy Jackson. Spectacular thrills. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fantastic beyond comprehension. Gripping beyond compare. Astounding beyond belief. The mightiest monster of them all. See Godzilla, King of the Monsters. All right. Most people know the story of Godzilla. Nuclear testing awakens the ancient monster Godzilla, and he destroys Tokyo. Famous paleontologist Dr. Yamane leads a team trying to figure out how to stop Godzilla. There's some kind of love triangle between Emiko, Ogata, and Dr. Serizawa. Dr. Serizawa invents an underwater bomb that can kill Godzilla in Tokyo Bay, but it'll also kill all other life in the Bay. And thank goodness all this is told through the viewpoint of American journalist Steve Martin, because it was a lot to keep up with. Will Emiko ditch her arranged marriage to Dr. Serizawa? Will Dr. Serizawa use the underwater weapon? What exactly does Dr. Yamane do to help? I was unclear on that. (laughs) And does this matter when a giant lizard comes to bust up your city? Probably not. I'm going to bust in here like Godzilla myself with an early fun fact. For those of you who don't know, the original Godzilla was filmed in 1954 and it was a completely Japanese film. By 1956, they had Americanized it. So this movie, Godzilla King of Monsters, is a ton of the original footage from the first Godzilla original, 1954, from Japan. They've just edited in American scenes with the lead actor, Raymond Burr, doing the American scenes and kind of making it more palatable to an American audience. So it's kind of an edit fest, a chop fest, adding in that American flavor to make the movie more accessible. So it's kind of a bizarre little film. But with that in mind, let's get it to our highs and lows. And we will start with Delvin. Well, it's a good point to add that, like Sarazawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films. But like, <laughs> yeah, they memorized. You're all about the 90s music quotes today. <laughs> One of my favorite bands. But about the movie, uh, 90s references aside, and kind of depressing. Even just as it started, you know, hour 20 and you're seeing the aftermath and I'm like, gee, damn. <laughs> depressing. <laughs> yeah. I have to watch this for another hour, 16 minutes. <laughs> Ooh, okay. The city's um, demolished. Kids yeah. are crying. Their parents are dead. There's bodies everywhere. I mean, we are starting with the aftermath and it is not a pretty thing. That's a good point for me to stop and uh, to pass the baton to Pat. This is a movie I'd never seen yet. So once we started watching it, uh, I, I kind of fell into it. And even though it was kind of dark, like Delvin said, I, it pulled me in right away because I was interested in what's going to happen here. This is the kind of movie I, I think would have been cool to see back in 1956, like in a drive-in theater. Oh, yeah. So just not knowing how they re-edited in that, that was one of my questions, too, is how it changed from the original uh, 1954. Right. So, I mean, obviously, Raymond Burr is not in the 54. They put him in, like I said, to Americanize. It. it was kind of smart what they did by bringing in his buddy who was like, hey, can you tra- my Japanese is rusty, can you translate yeah. like that for me? So yeah. they didn't even have to do subtitles or anything like that. Kind of clever. But yeah, every scene you see him in was just added in uh-huh. to move it along for an American audience. But everything else is from the original. Okay, very good. I totally dug this. I guess it brings it to Jason. 
I thought when I first started watching it, I was thinking, well, let's see how this rubber suit monster destroying Tokyo looks. And I was just kind of looking at it from a purely spectacle standpoint. But I was surprised how much the story was steeped in just the time, the, the atomic age. And it got me thinking, using my love of history, that we aren't far off from the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And I think we're seeing that put into the science fiction realm, that kind of zeitgeist is really heavy. And I appreciated the story element and seeing the effects of Godzilla as the parable of, you know, the the destruction of the atomic age. And then there are all kinds of questions, moral questions throughout. Should Godzilla be destroyed at all? And what is the cost of destroying Godzilla? The scientific weapon that's brought up this, the deoxygenizer that, yeah, it's going to kill Godzilla, but it's going to kill all the other life in that ocean for miles around. So there's a lot more to it than just a rubber uh, suited monster destroying a model city. Although that was pretty cool too. It was the highlight. Of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'll stop there. What did you think, Jared? Oh, wow. I usually don't do highs and lows on SMT. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I forgot. That's quite all right. Uh, I'll throw in quick. Uh, I kind of agree with you, Jason. I thought it was an interesting thing at the time. I agree with Pat. I think it drugged me in because I'd have actually never seen this before. And I agree with Delvin. It's a depressing movie at the beginning, and it's kind of depressing at the end. It's kind of a dark film. But like Jason says, we're on the heels of the only people to ever be nuked in the history of the world. So it's got a statement to make. And with that, I'll go to another around with Delvin. So this is a mini rant, but not really. It's more of a just kind of what I like and what I don't. In general, I don't have an interest in monster movies like Godzilla or King Kong. And I know they are classics within cinema. But one of the reasons I don't is that there's just not much you can do with the characters. It's like, okay, giant lizard destroys city. That is literally every time you see a Godzilla movie, that's what happens. And you you sprinkle some humans in there somehow because otherwise it would be completely one note as opposed to like one and a half notes. And you go from there. The reason why I mentioned that small rant aside is there are boats that started getting attacked out at sea. We don't really know why those boats got attacked. Mm-hmm. Just that Godzilla started attacking them. And so in return, they attacked or they tried to attack Godzilla, then Godzilla destroyed the island, and then he went to the mainland once the mainland attacked there. But we never really figured out if Godzilla had a motivation or anything, or why the heck was he even going after these people on the island in the first place? And and I don't exactly know. I mean, you, I'm not expecting that out of a 1956 movie by any means. And I also want to add that I thought that the movie overall was good. I did enjoy the movie, but I guess I just, in general, like more of a story. If you get what I'm saying, if I hope what I'm saying makes a little bit of sense. It makes sense. I I agree. I think monster movies, giant monster movies, like you said, are generally one note. Sometimes you're just in the mood for a big monster movie and, you know, popcorn and zone out and just whatever. But I do agree with you. Generally, they're not as layered as I would like them to be either. Though I hear you. I want to ask the uh, the guys, like, what do you guys think? Do you guys generally like monster uh, movies? Is there like a particular reason why or any memories that you have of those growing up? 
Well, I was going to say, I kind of agree with you and I kind of don't because this one isn't like the Godzilla movies I remember as a kid where Godzilla is fighting. To me, Godzilla is kind of a hero. Yeah. It's supposed to be like the, you know. Before he's made that turn. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of different to, to look at it in that kind of a light. I'm so used to, you know, like Godzilla being a hero where, you know, he had a cartoon, him and Godzuki. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of where I first started interacting with Godzilla. So that's how I looked at him, like, like yeah. a heroic figure. Yeah. So when we watch this, he's the villain in this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is really different. So no, like the Terminator movies, man, that first Terminator yeah. is the bad guy and then they turn, turn him into the hero. I mean, but is he the villain? I mean, it's going back to the question about oh, that's the, true. Yeah. About the ships. I, I mean, I don't know that did he actually attack them or were they just caught up in his radioactive lake got on fire he must have breathed on him or something i guess so i like this one a little bit more because i we we were talking a little bit about it before we got into the show the 1990s godzilla movie was really pretty much one note destroying the city and and it's you know there's there's a whole lot of uh spectacle and effects but in this one it was almost more like that cloverfield where you Uh see see a much more the consequences of godzilla and the attack on the city and there's much more of the human element brought in and i kind of like that aspect of it and there you have it jason's house is haunted and now it's pat's (laughs) turn Well, I have a few other notes here that I was taking it down. And again, this is another movie where I didn't have a lot, a lot of notes because I was interested in the movie. Mm -hmm. So I I just have a few things here that I want to talk about or highlight. I really like the models, the work, the model effect work that was done in this one. Yes, yes. That was cool to see. And also on the filming of it and the undertaking of it, probably when in the Japanese version is just the big undertaking of all the people that were extras and all that. Mm -hmm. The crowd scenes and all that, having them run in the streets and just, wow, that had to be some big undertaking to do. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Pat. I think it was, I remarked a few times to myself how high tech the movie was. Mm-hmm. Uh, for because I was wondering, I'm like, I didn't remember the date of the movie. And of course, reading it, uh, the notes now, I, I know it's 1956. I thought it, it was very ahead of its time just seeing uh, the sets. And that made it more enjoyable to see that for me. Yeah. yeah. I like going back and looking at these older movies like that and trying to place myself at that time. How would I soak it all in and all that? So it's really cool. I just have a few more notes. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was some smoking going on in this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you got them. A lot of pipe smoking, too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I got a smoke count for two just cigarettes for do, Steve do, Martin. Do you count Godzilla? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't count Godzilla. But I got about seven pipe smokes as well. And I'm like, oh, I pull out a pipe. You got all fired up. Woo! Yeah, I know. I like with pipes. Woo. That's my kind of guy. I mean, maybe as a part of the rebuilding effort, you might have a place for your importing exporting business. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Why, why am I aiding and abetting? Why I don't know. It's, uh, you're getting in bed with some dangerous personnel there. No, I know. No, no, not at all. Not at all. We're always looking to expand. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's my turn. No, I was just going to pretty much mirror what you said about the model work. I thought that was pretty phenomenal. It was was easy for me to suspend my disbelief for the most part. Uh, there's one part in there where the helicopter gets blown over in the storm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was honestly asked, is that like a kid's toy helicopter? Yeah. Is that <laughs> yes. Same our helicopter. I was scratching my head on that one. But overall, I thought it was really enjoyable. I think my favorite was the airplanes firing the rockets. I thought yeah. that, that was yeah. fun. 
Yeah, I was watching it with Jordan. He was like, "Those blades are obviously on strings," and I was yeah. like, you're, "I was like, you're right. They didn't use real jets to shoot at the real giant monster." <laughs> <laughs> Although it would have been cool if they did. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of in Delvin's camp on this. I I don't mind monster movies. I go to see them, but they're not what I naturally gravitate towards. I picked this movie well, one because the new Godzilla movie was coming out, so I thought it was timely, and two because Julie really enjoys these as well. So these are some things that I've recently gotten introduced a little more steeped into the into these monster movies through my relationship with Julie. So I figured, hey, let's go take a look at the OG, the one that started it all, American version. I did watch the Japanese version as well. And I think that both are good. I think the American version was, like Jared was indicating, much more for explaining the culture, translating the language and everything to make it a little more palatable for the American Western audiences. But overall, I enjoyed it. I thought, okay, I can see why this is a classic and why it still holds up today. Does anybody know if this has been polarized? I don't think so. I don't think it has, but I'm just wondering. I thought it would kind of be cool to see that colorized. I was out at a yard sale the other day and I saw that uh, Godzilla 2000, which was an homage to the original where they did the rubber suit models and everything again, but did it in color in 2000. So I haven't watched it yet, but now I'm really interested. I'll do a quick question that's not in the script, but does anybody here have a favorite giant monster movie? And while you're thinking, I'll go first. I thought King Kong, I think it was just called Kong Skull Island was really good. I really enjoyed that. Might be my favorite one. Anybody else got thoughts? Jason, favorite monster movie? I've got to say the, uh, oh, now I'm blanking on the title, the Guillermo del Toro one that was recent uh, with the with the kaiju. Oh, and, the uh, Pacific Rim. Pacific yeah, Rim. yeah, that's yeah. a great decision. I might have to rethink mine now. I think Pacific <laughs> Rim is mine, yeah. I like that one, Jason, because I'm generally not a monster movie guy. And I remember seeing Pacific Rim. I was uh, on Ascension Island at the time. And I, my joke for it was calling it fake ass Transformers. <laughs> but like when I watched the movie, I'm like, no, this is this is good. This is this is a fun movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I, I, I thought it was more of a, a, a good plot behind it, too. So that was yet another reason for me to enjoy it. I interrupted. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was going to say, you guys probably seen more of those kind of movies than I have. So not a huge interest at all. But this may turn me around. Um, You know, I saw the 90s Godzilla movie and Mm -hmm. that was like, okay, you know, but, you know, they really hyped that movie up that year that it came out. It was like tons of hype for that movie. But I really did enjoy this one. So this one's currently your number one. Yeah. You know what? I would say (laughs) (laughs) by default. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And I will say, I did see the new Godzilla, the one that's just came out. And there's a lot of references and homages to the original, which I was pleased with. And I felt like, okay, I'm in on the inside stuff now, now that I'm, I'm watching mm. it. Like, oh, I get that. I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the one from, was it five years ago? They did a Godzilla in 2014, I think. And it uh, starred the guy who played Quicksilver in the Avengers and the girl who played Scarlet Witch. In the Avengers, <laughs> and that was pretty good too. But anyway, yeah, I guess and out Brian of all Cranston, of us, Brian Cranston was in. Yeah, it Brian Cranston was in it for a bit too. Yeah, so I guess out of all of us, I'm the biggest monster movie guy. But eh, sounds like we all had fun with it, and that's what's important. Which one was your favorite? Is that the Godzilla 2014 was your favorite? Of the Godzillas? Probably. Of monster movies in general, either Kong Skull Island or, or you got me really thinking about Pacific Rim or fake 
Transformers is known in some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do prefer I do prefer Pacific Rim to any of the Transformers movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> would uh, I guess would Jurassic Park be a monster movie? You know what? I'll allow it. Oh. That would be my top. I like. Yeah, Jurassic if we allow Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park is to good. Be yeah. original, yeah. definitely. Well, let's move into some fun facts, shall we? All right, we all know the famous Godzilla roar. <laughs> And hopefully when Pat edits this, maybe he'll put it in here. If not, you know, I just sound like an idiot. You're cool, I, could, I could do it again if you want. Yeah, let's hear that roar. <laughs> it, yeah, just <laughs> <get> it. <laughs> for placement. <laughs> awesome. The famous Godzilla roar is made by dragging a resin-coated leather glove down the strings of a low stand-up bass. And then they slow it down tremendously after that. But that's how they make that sound. I think you could probably do. I think that would fit you, Jared. As (laughs) (laughs) I have, I could maybe skills for that. Okay. So the second fun fact I've got is Raymond Burr shot all of his insert scenes in six days. For the longest time, there was a rumor going around that says Raymond Burr shot everything in one day, but Raymond Burr himself said it took more like six days just because they had to build the different sets. He probably could have done it all. Yeah, he could have done it one day and the sets had already been built. (laughs) And now let's talk about Al Seaward. When Delvin read the credits earlier, he was the only American guy on the writing team because he wrote the American scenes that got added later on. They offered Al Seaward $2,500 for that writing work that he did, or they said you could have 5% of this movie's grosses and profit. I Which hope did he picked the 5%. He picked the $2,500. Oh, oh He thought the movie was going to bomb, and he said that due to the success of this film that he estimates that he lost about $5 million bucks on that. Deal. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll see. I'll see. You got to go full Alec Guinness on that like he did on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alec Guinness was pretty convinced it was going to bomb, too, but he was like, still, it's like, you know. Take the percentage. Take the percentage. But yeah, I'll see. He took the 2500 and has regret it but that's how it goes sometimes i think you always have to gamble on yourself mm-hmm. yep i agree i, I mean even, even if the movie bombed like i i don't know what a bomb is in 1956 but i gotta think five percent of what the movie would take in would still be around twenty five hundred dollars right <laughs> i don't know man i don't know should have taken that five percent well, it's time to rate the film. So you guys want to use, I've got two things we can pick from here. I've got underwater bombs that kill all life in the ocean, or we can use eye patches. What do you guys want to use? <laughs> it's it's got to be eye patches because I went ahead and just deleted all of the evidence of the devices. So. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay, I was going to go deoxygenizers, but uh, no, can only, right. can only use that once. It can never be used again. All right. So that so, is true. They did specify that in the film. We will go eye patches. So everybody get out your eye patches. You've got up to five to give. Why do I need five eye patches? I, you know, I mean, import, import exports. That's all okay. I can say. All right. <laughs> I can't do nothing with eye patches, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that's all we got here. Pass the patches on the left. Put the patches on the left hand eye. Well, if you give it the five eye patches, that means you loved it. Four, you thought it was very good. Three, it was just good. Two, it was, eh, it was just okay. And one, I did not like it. 
Hey, let's start with Pat. How many eye patches are you going to give to Godzilla King of Monsters 1956? Well, guys, I'm going to double up the eye patches on my eyes. I'm giving it a four. Ooh, four oh, eye wow. patches. Four eye patches. I, I thought this was very good. It's very entertaining. All right. All right, Delvin. I was concerned that I was not going to get through it. That was my initial. I was like, hour 20. Uh, yeah. I was being a big old whiny face. Uh, hour, did you say hour 20? Yeah. Oh, I thought, oh, you meant like it was an hour and 20 minutes. I thought you were like, I was an hour 20 of this film. <laughs> we got some extended <laughs> cut. <laughs> you were watching the deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah. You know how sometimes like you watch, you, you look at like a GIF and it just keeps rewinding. Oh, yeah. that's how I went. Sorry. Very good. It's a four. Uh, I, I did like it. I, the human element played a very necessary part in the movie, and that was enjoyable. Jason, what do you think? I watched this movie after work, kind of late at night, and that's usually kind of my tell. Am I starting to drift off, fall asleep, having to stop it and watch it the rest of it the next day? And that didn't happen to me. It kept me gripped all the way through. So I'm with you guys. I'll give it a four. Wow. Okay. I was going to be the big bummer. I had it at a three and that might be because I've seen, seems like out of the four of us, I've seen the most amount of giant monster movies, but you know, I think you've inspired me guys. I think I'm going to bump it up to four. I'm going to join team four. I think it is worth it. I think I was unfairly comparing it to more modern technology monster movies. Yeah. For its time, 56 blazing trails. It's worth an extra point. I'm going four. Nice. Cool. That's what yeah, I kind of like um, in doing what we're doing with watching these older movies like that is we're discovering something that and I think it's really cool. Yeah, I hope our listeners are discovering along with us. Yeah, I do, too. It's definitely something that I think like Delvin and I mentioned, and, and I think Pat to some degree, too, it's been outside our normal wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun to go in and see like, oh, I get what the hype's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I would never made myself watch this, but doing it because of the podcast and, you know, your guys' suggestions and all that. It's like, yeah. Well, when we hit episode 40, it'll be Delvin's call. So look forward to seeing what classic piece of cinema Miranda chooses for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to recognize our Crusaders Club members who help keep the show going. We'll more than likely do the feedback from this show on the next Sherlock Holmes or perhaps Flash. But we will share the feedback that we get from this show on an upcoming SMT. So we're just going to thank our Crusaders Club members. And we're thrilled to thank the following folks. They have joined our crusade and they are enjoying discounts from my online store which is the yard sale artist they also get access to special long box crusade episodes they help determine show content we give them a lot for their dollar a month and if you guys would be so kind as to help me go through this i'll kick it off with bill beer blast it or stash it bob buster brexton underwood david collins gene hendrix i the collector ivor evans joe thomas john and maggie Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Reggie Hancock. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Wint. Ross Michaud. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Toronto Cop. And finally, but not leastly, who is Scorpio? Awesome. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, don't sweat it. We'll add you soon. But no worries. You can always send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might ask yourself, how do I get on this list of names? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? Jared. Yes, Dylan. <laughs> How do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. As long as you're not Jason, you just head over to patreon.com. 
<laughs> Over at patreon.com, just search Longbox Crusade for as little as one buck a month. I'll say that again, one buck a month. You get access to the amazing world of our Crusaders Club. So come check it out, man. You've got that dollar. You know you do. And if you don't, that's okay, too. You can still help us out by heading over to iTunes and giving us a rating for this podcast. Even if you want to keep it short with star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show. And we'll share your review on the next show. So if you got a minute to spare, you're sitting there, you're listening on your device, you got your phone up, give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. We would. Definitely. And I'll throw it to Jason to bring the show to a close. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. Or on www.longboxcrusade.com. Twitter, we're at Longbox Crusade. Facebook, Longbox Crusade. And Instagram, at Longbox Crusade. You can find us on the YouTube as well for our live shows at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all the James Bond films, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared or Sean, where can they find that? It's short today. Uh-oh. Don't worry, I'm clean and sober. I have to be when I'm filling but- up the import-export paperwork for Pat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't usually matter if you're clean and sober, but okay. <laughs> we got some stipulations, at least. We got to make sure the, the paperwork's right. That's right. Uh, make sure we file our taxes properly. Mm-hmm. Everything above board. Oh, by the way, if you want to talk about James Bond, you head over to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. That's on iTunes, Google Play, most podcasters, or you go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com, or you can chat with us on Twitter at OHMSPod. Now, if you excuse me, I have to get back to my taxes. Can we take a deduction for laser pistols that have been turned into vape pins, Pat? Do you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe we can. Or, you know, they put it on there. Let's see what they do. And six pounds of crack cocaine. Can we deduct? Oh, here we oh, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that's for. Are we live? Are you, are you boys recording? Is this? Oh. Yes, it's playtime for your out. little lads. Oh, I, I take my leave then. Good day. <laughs> All right. Um, hard to find good help, guys. I tell you, it's hard to find good help. <laughs> yes, just pretend like you didn't hear the last 30 seconds of this. But if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at San Quentin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pat, where can they find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Jared. I'm at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all Yard Sale Artist. And if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next episode where we'll return to 1954's TV series Sherlock Holmes. Our next episode will feature The Case of the Christmas Pudding. The meetup location, 221B Baker Street, of course.
hear my cries, hear my call, ring in your ears, see my fall, see my error, know my fault, time halts, see my loss, know I'm lacking, where I'm lacking, hit your finger, trigger happy, try to trap me, bad rap, wiretap me, backstab me, break the faith, fall from grace, tell me lies, time flies, close your eyes, come with me. You said to trust you, you never heard me. Now I'm disgusted, just didn't adjust it. Certainly, you fool. 